Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. This is our summer 2021 mid-season podcast. My name is Vry Kaiser. I am the managing content editor for Anime Feminist. You can find my freelance work on Twitter at Writer Vry, or you can find the podcast that I co-host about trashy media at Trash Pod. And with me today are Mercedes and Peter. Hello, y'all. Um, oh God. Um, my name's Mercedes and uh, I am a editor here at Anime Feminist as well as a freelance Japanese to English localization editor and a journalist. You can find everything I do on Twitter at Pixelated Lenses, uh, where I just talk about a little bit of everything that I'm doing. I'm Peter Phobian. I'm an associate manager of social video Crunchyroll and an editor here at Anime Feminist. Yay. Now, if you are new to our seasonal podcasts, what we do is we go from the bottom of our Premiere Digest list and move our way up. That doesn't always mean that shows have stayed where we put them in the Digest, but it is the easiest way for folks to follow along and for us to keep it consistent, basically. And we'll discuss any issues as they crop up. All right. This is also going to be a weird season because it kind of sucks. <laughs> it's yeah. a thin one. It's not good. It's not good this year. <laughs> it's not good. Let's take... We're going to try to keep it to two minutes and under on all of these lower shows. As per always, Peter is watching everything, but that doesn't necessarily uh, mean that there's stuff we need to go into in depth. Uh, Mercedes, you said, looks like you have dropped Peach Boy Riverside. Yeah, I, I'm trying to allocate my time to things that spark joy this year. No, fair. So what, is there anything updated since your three episode check-in that was the tipping point for you to drop it? I just am still angry that it's out of order. <laughs> like, they're trying to do this, like, Haruhi Suzumiya thing, where mm. it's aired out of order. But you know what the difference is? Is I like Haruhi Suzumiya. I don't like Peach Boy Riverside. Even though I really like cool Kyoshinja, which, like, cancel me for that. I know he's not great. But I like him as a writer. I just don't like... Mm, mm, sometimes. I don't like that, like, the show is being aired out of order because all of these emotional things that I'm supposed to feel, I don't just feel empty. Yes. Yeah, definitely. No Haruhi. Yeah. Yeah. But you are not watching eat Ten deities, which is also a, uh, same author. God, I didn't know that, but I can only <laughs> imagine how that one's going. Yeah. Peter, how's it been since episode one closed with a graphic rape scene? No. Uh, it, well, it was okay for a while. Uh, to, to be, I'm going to be completely honest. I actually really enjoy this series because the majority of it is just kind of like this weird Dragon Ball meets Shaman King fusion action series with like really cool visual aesthetic. Um, but yeah, it definitely has a lot of cool cues and just like uh, not great uh, stuff in it. There have uh, been a couple, no like outright rape scenes, but definitely some like like weird uh type sexual assault weird fetish stuff that keeps punctuating the the all the good stuff you know i want to punch that man in the face well, so bad it, I'll, I'll just say it's a shame because like cool kyoshinja has written stuff that is completely bereft of sexual assault that is really good and mm. why why this man has chosen to sink the church of cool into like sexual assault is very upsetting please stop <laughs> don't like it 
It's, mm. it's, it's a bummer. All right. Well, that's a shame because it does look really cool visually. Yeah. It's just, uh, I think, you know, sometimes you just watch a clockwork orange and decide I can do that. <laughs> and you can't do that. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, Suki Michi Moonlight Fantasy. As I recall, this I, was fun parody, but uh, oh, go ahead. I, I think you just skipped over Battle Game in five seconds, which Peter is also watching. Yeah, no, I skipped it on purpose. <laughs> I can't I imagine that, that the Battle Royale series is continuing to be anything other than a Battle Royale series. Uh, actually, uh, did did we cover that in the three episode? I don't think we did. Is there something to add? Uh, I do just want to say episode two in particular is just like a festival of content warnings. Uh, it's got like sexual assault, stalking, uh, suicide. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. So uh, it's still you, an edgelord battle Royale series. Yeah. I just want to like anybody who uh, like read our episode one and was just like, I'll give it a shot. Uh, just know that episode two, like afterward, it, it, it's not episode two. It's just kind of like a standout like holy shit this is really dark uh right. so be careful mm. Mm. all right yeah. good to know all right moving up into yellow flags uh, sukimichi moonlight fantasy mercedes you kind of pe- you tabbed this one as mostly a fun isekai parody series but it did have the really tiresome slavery jokes how's it has it balanced out is it better y'all this might be the first harem that I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> Which is not what I expected. That's not what I expected. Um, I just want to say, I I keep wavering between, am I going to drop this or am I not? But here's the thing. Is my girl the orc princess? I'm here for her. I'm talking oh, orc. I'm talking yeah. orc princess supremacy. Yeah. She's so cute. I love her. I really like uh, Mio, the 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 black spider. I, she's very much a character that I like. I like those characters that like they feel like they might kick me, <laughs> and like yeah, she, she's that? very she's yeah. very much to that character. I I kind of like it. It's nice to like an isekai. It's nice. Yeah, it's just got big Tenchi vibes since the main two girls are just Ryoko and Ayaka. If Ayaka was kind of a sadomasochist. All right. That definitely has an audience for somebody, and I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad how they've handled uh, Polite Miss Piggy, too. I, they haven't done any I, weird stuff with her. Yeah, She's great. Like, shockingly bereft of fat jokes. Yeah. Which is yeah, wonderful. Which is wonderful. I've mm-hmm. been waiting for them to crack a fat joke, and y'all, they haven't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's great. It's great. The bar is on the floor, and it managed to step over <laughs> it. Yeah. And Isekai yeah. has been dire for a while, so that's nice. Yeah. We made it over the bar. It's good. Nice. Life Lessons with Uramichi Onisan. How is it balancing out the saying unfunny things to children versus the actually funny backstage segments? I, this show has become that meme of don't you just want to go ape shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's, it's nice because like Uramichi is also very conscious of like he works with kids. So like there are things that we cannot say in front of kids and so some of the jokes have leaned more towards it just so happens that the kids do something that like incite the joke, but like they're not at the expense. At least that's kind of how I feel. Mm. They're less at the expense. Um, though I do continue to be worried with how much I'm vibing with this very misanthropic man. 
it's been a hard 2020 new game plus yeah. he's very relatable professional gymnast slash, slash children's show host yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. i do i i'm gotta say i'm not a fan of the uh the choreographer though i wish that mm. that character wasn't exist very like persona core big junpei energy yeah. Ew. big junpei energy and it's 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 I, it's it it is it is good. I'll say like I don't think it's for everyone. I think you're either gonna like this show and find it hilarious, you're gonna hate it and find it exhausting because the world is already filled with negativity, or you'll land in the middle. Mm. There's that's all the reactions. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. do I do worry Urumichi's gonna end up snapping. Like this man <laughs> is on the edge. That would be a dark ending to yeah, that I show. Say, that'd, be a, that'd be a bad twist. Very, <laughs> Yeah, is very on the edge, constantly worried for his mental health. Um, and for the fact that he drinks a lot. He can't go to bed without drinking or sleep medicine. Ramichi, please get a counselor. Yeah. Uh, Peter, anything to add about Realist Hero that is not in Chiaki's three-episode review? Um, well, I guess she went into, like, four episode four or five, I think, actually. If she went into four or five, she probably included the... The, they are it's going to be in a harem probably uh, so I think that's pretty much all there is to say um, I, I was hoping the creator was enough of a like civil engineer otaku that they would spend all their time just you know talking about like country building but I gotta gotta stick with the classics I guess <laughs> fair yeah uh, that's well, let's move on from that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, this is one of the late premieres, so we haven't really talked about it much. But Mercedes, I'm sure you have some things to say because you're covering it at ANN, which is the great Jay. He will not be defeated. Um. Okay. So I'm just gonna be frank, real quick. Episode one sucked. Episode one sucked. It was not funny. This, I mean, this formerly strong demoness was just a screaming child, and I hate that trope. Um, I spent most of episode one very concerned because she only wears a t-shirt as an outfit, and, like, I do mean only a t-shirt. I No leggings, no pants, no shoes. I want that t-shirt, um, though. I do want that t-shirt for real, though. Yeah. And then, like, episode two came around, and I, because I, I ended my A&N review with, like, a plea to the forum to please understand that this might not be my thing, but, like, I'm trying to be professional. And then episode two came around, and I was like, wait a minute. Maybe the anime gods heard my pleas, and they gifted me a character named Drudge. And Drudge is, like, she's like if Konosuba's darkness was a demon girl with, like, yellow green hair and also had like was living like the high life because she's she's a very sadomasochistic character and like that worked for me and i was like maybe jahi good i don't know it's still too early because this is only two episodes in and it's a right. it's a two core series which oh god <laughs> stop it anime yeah. stop i don't want i don't know how they're gonna stretch this yeah, the most and surprising I series are two core this season i, be I believe yeah. it's back to back so i guess we should be thankful for that but it's not bad. I'm sure there's people who like it. She's got big Nagataro energy, mm. and I ended up liking her, so there's hope yet. 
guess. So it sounds kind of like one of those ensemble comedies where it's basically impossible to judge until you get all the main characters in. Yeah, how, it's yeah. It it kind of it's like if Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle met um, Devil's a Part Timer a little mm. bit. Like she has all of the energy of Princess Cialis, um, except she's not as funny mm. because Cialis didn't scream. She just killed demons. <laughs> and it had a better director moving it, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's too early to say. Um, I think it's got an audience for sure. Um, why it has two cores. I don't know um, why I was asked to do it. I guess because I'm bringing my expertise to the table in some fashion. Mm-hmm. I hope it turns out good. I, I really do. Yeah. I, yeah. But I guess we will it's going to be weird checking in on that one, but we will at the season end, we'll check in and yeah. see how it's doing. I'm professionally committed to check in. Next on the list is girlfriend, girlfriend, which I have meant to check back in on and haven't. I am same. same. <sighs> Chiaki has a pretty thorough, uh, sort of vibe check on how the polyamory stuff is developing which is to say it's it has some basically the same as my premiere review where it it has moments of relatability but then it just slides into being a regular love triangle show wearing a hat so that's the coward's way out like let everyone love everyone (laughs) like either commit or don't girlfriend girlfriend I mean, I'd be down for a show that was about, like, a V and not a triad, but from what I've watched of it, Girlfriend, Girlfriend is not smart enough for that. Yeah. Well, and you also have to remember that there's two more girls in the opening. So, yeah. Yeah. Right Right now, they're, they've got the, the MeTuber uh, girl wants to get in on their relationship because, uh, I guess because they know her secret identity. I, I, I actually have no idea. She jumped through some some very small hoops to to arrive at the conclusion that she wanted to join their polycule. Uh, yeah. So that, uh, I, I felt like, you know, it was at least kind of, God, how do I be fair? I would not say it was, I mean, Chiaki wrote it all right. It's like trying to do a polycule thing and like tripping a lot, but it seemed like an honest effort, but now you got the MeTuber camping out in their yard until the dude agrees to add her as one of his girlfriends. Literally. These are, these yeah. are all high school kids, right? Like, these are just high school kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. God, that's a lot of stress. High schoolers, it is not worth it. <laughs> mm. I love, I, I appreciate that the MC, I guess, I mean, we're coming off Rent a Girlfriend, or uh, I guess so, uh, who just had, I can't remember that guy's name. He sucks. Uh, Kazuya. Yeah. The MC is just a big dummy, and uh, I, I respect that. You know, that's, there's something to, the show is smart in that regard, in yeah. that if he wasn't, it would be completely intolerable at all times. Yeah, he would just seem like a scumbag two-timer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will try to catch up on this one before we do the season end. No promises, but I will make my best effort. Same. <laughs> so for for now, let's put a pin in that. Uh, Peter, anything to report of interest on Dungeon of Black Company? Is it just about him being the best capitalist, or does it have actual things to say? Um, I, I never got the impression that the series is trying to like, like say capitalism is good. Uh, I, it kind of reminds me of Tanya where it's just like, I mean, he fails a lot too, but it's, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, capitalism sucks. It's dehumanizing. 
and this guy it like is trying to use it as a weapon um but now he's on the bottom and he's suffering as like you know one of the the victims of capitalism rather than its beneficiary and he sucks uh because he believes in it you know what i'm saying does that make sense i do i i guess i'm trying to yeah. ask if if the joke is it that the joke is that now he like is it catharsis that a rich dude is now suffering under capitalism or is this like a we're gonna realize the system sucks story like what's it going for uh i think uh, it's like 50 50 the humor is that he is getting owned after like like getting dropped from ceo to you know salary man type thing um but also it is leaning into a lot of the same tropes as realist where he he i don't i don't know yeah he does have a harem going so yeah mm-hmm. you just can't escape the, the isekai themes but uh I definitely think it is going like, haha, the CEO is getting owned by capitalism. Isn't it funny? All right. Yeah. So people should, st- I- I'm just going to go ahead and keep recommending people watch Cells at Work Code Black instead. Yeah. That, I mean, that that one's way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Duke of Death and His Maid. I know Chiaki was really warmed up to how this one was developing into less fan service, more of kind of a romance with occasionally etchy highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you? You have anything else to add about it? Uh, what did I just It's like Crash if James Spader was afraid of cars. Like, <laughs> you mentioned a movie I love very much. Yeah. That's tempting. Yeah. I don't like... Uh, or that girl just like really wants to to die. I don't know. Uh, a lot of the romance stuff is made very weird by the fact that she is just like trying to get him to kiss her. And if he does, she will literally drop dead. Uh so it's it's got like a weird kind of I, I don't know what to call that fetish, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it it like it definitely uh, early on it was kind of uh, uncomfortable because it seemed like he was well it seemed like he was very uncomfortable with the like her the way she was acting around him. Now it's it has gone more the way of like a uh, like consenting romance. It's just the the you know they like keep playing. Uh, chicken with the fact that if they touch uh she will die instantaneously so all right so it has fully inhabited being anime pushing daisies i respect that yeah it's, it's kind of like a, a high school romance where they never kiss uh, except it's got a very good reason that they never kiss rather than just like why aren't they kissing you can go oh i know why they're not <laughs> there's consequences <laughs> real bad that, ones yeah that's kind of cute honestly maybe i'll go mm-hmm. back to that i don't know uh, drugstore in another world. Anything worth noting with this one? Uh, it's been surprisingly wholesome uh, and a pretty chill show. They do have one episode where the dude makes a like love potion, which turns out to be like an aphrodisiac kind of thing. Uh, it the scene doesn't get too bad. It was kind of it very much. It kind of like stood out uh, because a lot of the show is kind of pretty charming and wholesome. So. Okay, because Alex's review of the first episode was pretty gross. Oh, they did have, I guess in the first episode they had the thing with, I don't know what's up with that girl. She's just like, she just- Women really are needs, hysterical, don't you know? She needs herbal tea. I mean, his, his, his solution was like, have some calming, like chamomile tea or something. And then Excuse me, he that. gave her some sleepy time tea as a solution. Yeah, yeah, she stopped trying to murder her boyfriend. And she comes oh back. Yeah, he, the whole reason he makes an aphrodisiac is because uh, 
their relationship's going really well, but she wants to have kids and he's super busy. So she's trying to make some stuff happen in the bedroom or something. Oh, so uh, non-consensual oh, drugging. Okay. I was going to say that. like, I was going to say that, that to me, the solution seems like maybe we sit down and talk. Oh, that's what he says. He says, you two should really talk. I think he talks to the guy too. And he, they, he's having the same problem and he's like, wow, you two should talk to each other. Um, I don't know if she was intending to give him the drug without his knowledge or if she was just trying to give him a little pep in the bedroom since usually he's so tired at the end of the day kind of thing. Like like some yeah. uh, some isekai Viagra? <laughs> uh, I, oh, yeah, that I feels, guess so. That feels cursed. That feels mm. cursed. I'm sorry I said that. Yeah, I guess uh, her storylines get a little uh, dodgy, but most of the time he's just like reinventing super glue or that bitter stuff that keeps your pets from eating things they shouldn't, that kind of thing. All right, so it's doing how it does. Yeah. A detective is already dead. I, I should have believed the title on that one. Yeah, basically, I, I thought Siesta's a cool character, but uh, and I, I liked that she was the Sherlock Holmes uh, and he was the Watson, but then in episode two, she's already dead, and uh, he's the new detective and the most important character now oh wow that so sucks so bad wow. yeah yeah he's hanging out with this girl in high school who when siesta died i guess she donated her organs and that girl got her heart which is, and so she's like has the urge to hang out with him because of that's what happens when you get a heart transplant you like are attracted to people that the the person who the heart previously belonged to is attracted to you know how that happens medically yes obviously <laughs> so yeah did so she, she get this girl's super detective powers? No. Uh, oh, wow, I fucking it. hate this. Yeah. Right, detective powers aren't stored in the heart. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. yeah, she didn't get the brain, just the heart, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, that sucks on ice, and so suck. let's yeah. move on to a show that we're all watching, which is the case study of Vanitas, my baby, my problematic fave. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to say, like, I'm still on the fence. Do I watch this or not? Because I've never seen anything by Mochizuki June. And, like, I'm like, mm, am I going to like these vampires or am I not? So sell it to me. All right. So, well, the, possibly you haven't seen anything by Mochizuki June because she has only written two series and one, like, at the beginning of her career that got canceled. But she she worked on Pandora Hearts for a decade, and now she's been working on Vanitas for seven years. So big, long oh, epics are her thing. Okay. Uh, okay. But so Vanitas... I don't know how well I can sell it to people who aren't into the exact niche of things that I am into, but it is a bones anime so it is incredibly beautifully animated it is full of both good children and trash gremlins it takes place in this steampunk kind of alternate history world because uh, magic MacGuffins changed the course of history so the, there's a magical system at work and it's extremely horny <laughs> it i have missed vampire stories where wait, wait wait pause did you say corny or horny because <laughs> that's gonna make that's two different vibes no fair it's an extremely horny series oh, okay it's it's with the horny H. vampires oh. Oh. yeah this is these are different vampires they're born and not made but it is oh. very much in the Anne rice erotic vampirism tradition of stories where the biting is, you know, very metaphorically layered as being sexual and being about sexual relationship and power dynamics 
revolving around this inherently violent but also erotic act and i have missed that because i think there a lot of vampire anime in particular recently have been very much about we stapled the name vampire on here so that we can have near scenes of sexual assault with the shoujo heroine and it doesn't really actually mean anything for the story at large but with vanitas it's very much these questions of identity and sexual desire and power dynamics between uh, people who are physically intimate with each other is integral to the story and how it plays out, which we've already, a lot of people very understandably got put off by the non-consensual, very bodice rippery kiss between where uh, Vanitas assaults Jean in episode three. And it's bad. It's the worst. I hate it. And I don't blame anyone who walks away, not just because that scene is pretty repugnant, but also because that relationship is going to keep on being real important. And I actually like how it develops going forward. But it's like, it's the, the understandable issue that people have with a lot of BL where, okay, this is super interesting relationship, but you've, poisoned it from the roots by starting by kicking it off with assault right that's not okay that dude's the main character too so yeah and i just want to say that i'm so glad someone finally said his name out loud because i have been pronouncing it vanitas like Ah. like fajitas (laughs) i mean and i i think there is some wiggle room in that the story and vanitas himself are both not at all trying to paint him as a good dude for doing this. He His whole thing is he hates himself and he wants everybody else to hate him as much as he hates himself. But it's still a really gross and upsetting scene. Mm-hmm. And, e- even if this is a relationship that going forward is a lot more about agency and characters realizing and giving themselves permission to ask for what they want and that kind of thing. Also, Noe is a sweet and perfect good boy. He is our, our main vampire character and he, he just, he loves to learn things and he's easily excitable and I love him so much. Uh, Caitlin did point out in the three episode review that there is a little bit of, of racialized imagery with him where his, his fiance who is related to the Marquis de Sade, her name is Domi. Do- her her name is Dominique because we're doing this. She is a dom. Wow. <laughs> but but there's like a running gag where she puts uh she puts a leash on him so he doesn't wander off because he's excitable and like. Uh, wait wait no oh no is this character is the main character brown? Please. Yes he is. God. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. Japan get it together. Is yeah. Noe supposed to be the main character or is it Bonitas? Because they are co leads. Okay okay. Yeah and it's a one off gag that's gone after that one episode but it still sucks. Yeah. You can understand why this is my problematic fave. Mm. Yeah. Um. But also I think there is some really beautiful stuff in there about human relationships and there's a lot of stuff in there about god i'm so bad at describing things that i like as opposed to things that i think are bad um no no i well i think you're doing a good job like i can i can definitely see how this is like it's got stuff that might be fraught but it's like fraught in like a sexy way or like fraught in like an intriguing way fraught in like a a good 
like, ooh, read this novel way. Like, well, and the central conceit is about Noe has is looking for this book, which Vanitas turns out to have. And what he can use it to do is save vampires whose true names have been corrupted by this mysterious force. And so there's a lot of stuff in there about the faces we put on in front of others and our true selves and layers of constructed identity, which is absolutely my shit. And it's also the composer is the lady from Monica and the director is the Monogatari guy. Okay, well, time to watch this. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it time is to an watch this. absolutely all-star cast. And aside of that one really gross scene with Jean, I love I love the women in it. Uh Domi and Jean are both very good. There's not you know, they're not sexualized in terms of the camera. Yeah. It's time it's time time to watch this. Time to shift it from planned to like we're gonna watch some today. It is also extremely deeply homoerotic because Mochizuki Jun loves to write about sort of amorphously defined relationships where everybody's kind of flirty with everybody else and we don't put labels on it really. So big everybody's by and disastrous energy. I mean, this is just appealing to me more and more. Yeah, it's, there are, I don't blame anybody who hits those content warnings and is like, nope, I'm the fuck out of here. But God, it's everything that is all of my interests. And it is a gorgeous adaptation. And it's going to be two core. It's a split core. Oh, wow. Yeah. Every, everybody gets a second core. Everybody. Yeah. Love I'm, it. I'm very curious to see how that will go because it's, um, we're, currently motoring along into the third volume as far as a pretty one-to-one adaptation and the manga after running for seven years is only up to nine volumes so oh no because it's oh, a, it's a monthly it's a monthly release so well i guess we'll see when we get to that second core huh yeah i i maintain that bones is pretty good at doing anime original content fight me but we'll see uh so, yes, I'm glad that I have convinced one person. I am sorry about my rambling, everyone at home. It was all worth it. it. I love it. Yay. Now that we've spent a solid 10 minutes on that, Sere uh, Gensaki, is there literally anything worth saying about this? Uh, no. All right. <laughs> Scarlet Nexus, Nobody is Watching, Remake Our Life. Mercedes, I know you've been really liking this one. Y'all, okay. So I was pretty, I came down pretty hard on it when I reviewed episode one because I don't think any show is worth a 50-minute premiere episode. I don't care how good your show is. I don't care what you're adapting. 50 minutes is too long. And they didn't really use the 50 minutes well. I think that's just, that's, it, it was very slow um, and it was a lot of table setting, but y'all, this show moved from mediocre to pretty okay. Like I am really enjoying it. it. It's this weird blast from the past of like a 2006 that I never got to experience as an adult because I was obviously a child, but it's really interesting because it's drawing on all of these tropes from 2000s anime, specifically from like the middle of the decade anime 
Um, there's been all these insert songs, like they had um, Freckles by Judy and Mary from the Rurouni Kinshin opening. They no, had... it's a Haruhi Suzumiya thing now. We can reclaim yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, and uh, like, yeah, they had they had like God knows, which like I cried because it's one of my favorite Haruhi Suzumiya songs. And they even all of the table setting for that episode mirrors the actual Haruhi episode where that song is inserted in it's really good um there i mean there's some fan service but i also think you could hand wave that as it's pulling on tropes of the genre and of the decade that um you know like a 2006 anime would have been made in um i really like it um i definitely have a ship for the show and i remain terrified that this show is going to shatter my heart because, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm sure that there's a fan translation of the novels out there, and I'm not interested in finding it at all or being told. Um, but, like, I'm just, like, cautiously optimistic, a little bit irritated that we're getting a clip show this week. But, you know, I really like it. It's a really good exploration of a college experience. It's um, it's just really good. <laughs> it's really good. I'm, I'm liking it, which I didn't expect. Nice. Yeah. That's... That's nice. It seems like a good, quiet slice of life type show. Yeah, and it's it's actually dealing with like like the last episode before this clip show that we're gonna get. It started to deal with like overwork and exhaustion, and like how you cannot push yourself for the sake of, you know, your studies or what you're passionate about, which I really appreciated. I just it's it's a solid show. Like I would really like to see us get the light novels for sure, but it's a solid show. Um, there is a character I don't like because I don't like her voice, and that is Aki. This child sounds, she's like 18, 19. She sounds like a five-year-old. Stop doing that to women. There are women that have naturally high-pitched voices, but like hers is that really cutesy voice that no real-life person I don't think ever speaks in. And then there's yeah. their uh, the senior. I, I don't know if she's graduated or not, but she looks like she's uh, in elementary school or something. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they do that to characters. I yeah, mean, and granted, there weird. are there are women who do look younger than what their age is, but I don't think it is. It's a weird trope of having like an adult woman who looks like a six year old. Yeah, don't it's, love it. Yeah, but it's a solid show. Good. I. I want to kind of motor through these last neutral zone shows so that we will have the last 20 minutes to really talk about the top three. I think there's a lot to talk about with them. Do it. Uh, so remain Peter, is there anything to say besides it's a nice show about good boys doing sports? Um, I am very concerned that the girl who has semi blackmailed him into playing water polo, it was his girlfriend and he doesn't remember. And she's actively manipulating him to get him back into water polo much like some other characters have done to him. I don't like mm. this whole subplot about how people think he should play water polo, so they're kind of, like, making him do it rather than him deciding that he wants to do it. Also, mm. she's doing that, and they were previously in a secret relationship or something. That is really gross. Um, but the sports stuff itself is good. All right. Yeah. Keep an eye on that going forward. I know that whole those elements of him being pressured versus deciding what he wanted to do have kind of always been there. So we'll be interesting to see if it comes to a head or if like, if the series realizes what it's doing with that. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Nighthead 2041, Mercedes, you are keeping up with this one? I I guess I am. (laughs) (laughs) A stirring endorsement. I guess I am. Um, Is it just you and me, Peter? Are we in the trenches for this one? I think so. Honestly, I don't really have much to say about it. Just stuff is happening all the time. I'm not sure what it's going for yet. It is this weird mix of Psychopaths, Mardok Scramble, and Akudama Drive, but it's nowhere near as good as any of those. <laughs> oh. It, it's, it's really visually, like, it's visually alive. Like, there's stuff everywhere. Psychics, weapons, 2041. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't ever know what's really happening. <laughs> I'm I know so it's confused. also it's a reboot, which yeah. I mean I think is worth saying. It is a reboot of a franchise from 2007, I believe. But I don't know what's ever happening in this show. Uh, um, it's, uh, will... it's from 1992, so it's oh, definitely fuck. one of those early 90s, oh. like Dark City, psychic powers oh. type anime. It's it's yeah. from the year I was born. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like. I think it's it has an it has really interesting world building and really interesting lore, but that lore kind of has it in a chokehold because like it's all of this interesting stuff, but there's just not enough space to explain this entire world to a viewer. I will say, shout out to my girl Kimie Kobayashi, who when she arrived, I was like, that she's mine. She's mine. Cause she has like that red and black hair. She's got like that that kind of like cool like cyberpunk futuristic outfit and i was like oh yeah she's she's my favorite now yes definitely only i get best character only design. i get her yeah mm-hmm. but then it's just so confusing sometimes <laughs> it's yeah. so confusing yeah it's like oh this looks great actually for a 3d show it's like one of the best 3d shows i've ever seen it probably. looks really good yeah it, but but what the fuck it's, is happening? I don't know. <laughs> and they, they never slow down. And I have to give Nighthead 2041 that. Keep on trucking. Take me on this 90 mile per hour trip and don't explain anything to me. Mm. I guess one thing we should probably bring up is they do, it is like a dark psychic series. So you do get like a, there's like a Damien kid who's making high schoolers commit suicide and stuff like that. So there is some constant yeah. warnings. That just yeah. Out. Yeah. Very inject 1992 direct into my veins and everything yeah. that comes with it. All right. Mm-hmm. So if if people want that, it's that, but with really nice 3D uh, CG graphics. Yep. And good sound design. I like the sound effects. They're solid enough. Sure. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. Then nobody is watching D-Side Trauma, Trauma Ray the Animation. That moves us all the way up to our last three shows, which... Does anyone want to start with Sunny Boy? Because I don't know what it's doing, but it sure is doing it. Yeah, I don't even know what it's about, so like, I would love to know. I'm glad that Basic- uh, other people have landed on the same thing as me, where it's like, I, I got nothing, dude. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> so it's this classroom full of 39 kids. Their school gets sucked into a void one day, and they discover that from the school, there is an island out there that they've been isekai'd to. And this island is like the hub to a lot of different other alternate realities and basically so far every episode has been like a model uh, exploration of a different societal issue in a vacuum basically so it almost reminds me of space dandy which you know space the same director where there were some incredible individual episodes and it never quite 
added up to the sum of its parts, but I was glad I watched it. I'm wondering if Sunny Boy will end up being something similar. I really love the flat animation style. I think that some of its points have, have been interesting. Like the third episode is basically they are looking for these missing students who have become this world's version of Hikikomori and about whether they exiled themselves or whether the social structure had forced them out, essentially. So I think it has a lot of big capital big I ideas, and I love watching that play out. It is a little bit cold. Mm. That's interesting, actually. That's really interesting. That's not I think I think because like I held off on watching it because I was just like, I don't know what this is about. <laughs> but now I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's also a madhouse. Like what a blast from the past, oh, dude. Yeah. Okay, see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's and Shingo got- Natsumi. So like like what a combo. It's it's like very like uh nineties OO's core anime with its creators and even its studio and its aesthetic. It's wild. See that and that that has me intrigued. I wish someone would have told me that because I probably would have given it a try for sure. Because it sounds it sounds like kind of I mean to put a Western genre label on it like portal fiction, mm-hmm. like that going to another world. But like, what would happen if you got to explore kind of like all these pocket universes? Like sliders, very like yes, that That's show that me. everyone still knows about sliders. I still know about sliders. Oh, thank God. <laughs> no, that that's intriguing. Yeah, like I said, I'm not sure what it plans to add up to or if it will have a satisfying cap on it, but I do like it. And I will note for people who were uncertain, I mentioned that the um, that the main girl in the first episode has very manic pixie dream girl energy where she seems like she's just there to kind of provoke uh, the main guy into growing and changing and shaking him out of his comfort zone that's definitely changed uh they they still do a lot together and he maybe has a crush on her but she's gotten to do a lot more outside of him and there are also three or four other really interesting female characters and it's a no fan service show which is cool yeah uh what we're gonna see about that i guess with the introduction of the teacher oh right well yeah i place adult fan service on a different yeah, I guess if, if, if it had to be anybody, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's it's real kind of just like we got to wait and see what it turns into. I'm just praying that it, it doesn't become Lord of the Flies. That's what I, I really do not I want mean, it, it to be. I mean, it kind of is Lord of the Flies in that Lord of the Flies was a very, despite the fact that people keep trying to fucking teach it as a universalized story, it was Golding doing a very specific critique of British schoolboy narratives going yeah. where they went to were a civilizing force, quote unquote, to other nations. And that first episode has is a lot about kotoing to authority, even when it's dangerous. And they had all of those bomb shelter at World War Two pieces of imagery and some pretty, pretty horrifying corpse shots. This yeah. is definitely a very specific societal critique. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, everything you just described sounded like a very specific and really specifically, like a very specific Japanese baby boomer experience, especially with like bomb, you know, war imagery. Like that's something the the like hey the Heisei generation doesn't know at all. Like that's a very Showa concern, which I guess is who would be like also making animation at this time. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. It's a really interesting okay. show. Okay, well I'm I'ma just type 
a little X onto the Excel doc <laughs> and add myself into the mix on that one. Also, there's lots of good cats and none of them have died so far. Thank God. Hey, that's what we're here for. Well, okay. Good cat season. Okay. Good cat season. All right. Moving on to Kageki Shoujo, which I have a lot to say on this. So please, you two go first. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. What more can I say? <laughs> I mean, in fact, I could say a lot more, but you you go, Peter. You go. Oh, wow. That's on me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I read the first volume of the manga first, so it's been kind of weird watching this kind of story when I basically know everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say I'm disappointed that they toned down Sarasa being a Roboco level Shonen Jump referencing machine uh, like she is in the manga. She's- yeah. Yeah, she's making not nearly as many references, which makes me sad. Um, you got to pay for those, Peter. Yeah, yeah. I, I they guess were doing the good to get Ikeda to sign off. It's a new world. Um, I it it's been good so far. I I do kind of I I have complex feelings about the bulimia subplot since I feel like they just kind of left it hanging, uh, and they're just like, "Wow, yeah. that sucks." But I guess somebody said something nice to you, so you're probably going to be okay, even though the double standard is still there. And I I don't know what the message was supposed to be there. I would I would actually like to take a moment to dig into that because like that subplot really bothered me Mm. with its resolution and i don't know if it bothered me because i also taught high school girls in japan would teach and taught but like it it felt like first of all the teacher suffered no consequences that woman still has her job Mm -hmm. like she got no consequences but also it was like oh someone said something nice so you no longer you no longer are coping with this harm that you did to your body. Like it's all better. It's all better. Well, Uh, yeah. And and I felt like in the manga, it at least in the prequel manga, it at least kind of, kind of gave a little bit better of a resolution. And I, I I don't know. I don't know. The anime does reference the kind of resolution of the manga, which is where, Actually, they really don't like it comes up, but in a different context, because in the manga, which I wraps up kind of abruptly, at least because the series was canceled on its seinen run and then started up on its shoujo run, mm-hmm. where the teachers were like, they find they realize that she has been purging and they say, you know, we've failed her as a teacher by telling her just to lose weight and not helping her. So we're going to put together this healthy eating regimen for her at, at like. And that's our job as authority figures. Whereas in the in the anime, it, the the mean teacher brings up that I need you to start reporting to me what you're eating. But there's that level of culpability for for the professors is gone. Yeah, and I and I I just and because I'm I should say like full transparency. I'm also reviewing this on Anime News Network, and I was pissed. Like, and I also should say someone got on my case because they were like, oh, it doesn't need, it doesn't need a content warning. And I was like, this episode definitely, it needs it a content needs. warning. It, it, and it, it absolutely does because like it, you see her, it's on one hand, I laud Kageki Shoujo for like being very transparent about like, we see, oh, what is her name? Ayako? We see Ayako vomiting. Like we see her doing the action to purge. Um, and it like, it's, it's not, sweetened like it i think actually the sound design is that like all of the sound kind of drops out and it is just atmospheric like her vomiting into a toilet um and so like on one hand they didn't shy away 
from like how harmful this was but i'm just y'all they let that teacher off the hook and i it made me mad in the manga it made me mad here and it felt like a missed opportunity to just have this be like oh well you're gonna be okay because i believe in you when like in reality like there are loads of japanese girls right now doing that and i guarantee you they are not gonna be okay yeah and for a show that for a show that like is clearly not afraid to delve into those topics i just wanted so much more from that from that part but i guess they're sticking to the source material too it fits i think into this tradition of a lot of shoujo where they have these intensely sympathetic and often raw depictions of societal ills that can be very i think validating for a person to see on the page. This is kind of how I feel about, it's not shoujo, it, but same tradition, uh, in Close Called Fat, Moyoko Ano's manga, where mm-hmm. they will be these extremely raw things that, you know, you're not alone. This is real and it hurts and it's painful, but then they don't go that extra step of critiquing yeah. the system behind it, which I think a lot of Mario Kata's works have this same issue. Um, and, Kageki Shoujo really seems to fall into that where it is ready to note these problems with the the Takarazuka kind of system but right. at, at the end of the day it kind of shrugs itself it shrugs a little bit and is like well no fatties though right and I and I think I think a simplistic like um a simplistic reading of this would be to say well maybe that's just how it's handled in Japan the woke reading of this though is that Japan is not in a bubble and Japan is a country that deals uh, very poorly with bodies that do not fit within a very narrow spectrum. And like, there are absolutely women in Japan that definitely wouldn't be probably had the thought of like, huh, that kind of sucks that all, all Mr. Onodera did was like, be like, it's all right. You're beautiful. How you are. You're good. You got that pretty voice. I'm pretty sure there were women in Japan who were like, Hmm, that felt lacking. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's it frustrates me, but I also want to be like, but part of me also wants to give it the sympathy of like, it is nice for somebody to tell you you're okay as you are when you're a teenager. Oh, oh yeah. Like both. And like and absolutely like it's amazing that they addressed it. <laughs> like they they didn't they didn't like soften the fact that Ayako was like clearly living with an eating disorder. Like they didn't talk around it like they even say the words I believe eating disorder Mm -hmm. and i think they even say bulimia in the subtitles so like i mean like i'll 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 shout out like the translator for this series for also not pussyfooting around that too Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah the anime i have really enjoyed in a lot of ways it's really colorful and in Mm -hmm. some of the cuts i understand because the the prequel manga in particular is very talky and you just can't do that all on screen i do think there are one or two places where it has lot in making those cuts has lessened the impact of the manga i I actually made a thread about the big one i think which is the handshake scene where yeah they took the oomph out of a lot of the emotional impact of that yeah because with uh, the eye stalker subplot in the manga we see this handshake scene that was traumatizing for her the first time where it goes on for a really long time and there's these uncomfortable sound effects of him squeezing her hand. And that's why she said, you know, like, Oh, you're a creep. Even though he didn't, 
mean to be a creep. And it's kind of this interesting nuanced story about how men can be imposing and scary without meaning to. And that doesn't mean they're bad people, but they still have to address that the harm they did is real. And because then, you know, it shows that scene again from his perspective. And it's like this magical shining instant where you only zoom in close on the hands. And he thinks he's instantly finally got out what he wanted to say as opposed to it being this very long, uncomfortable silence. So it shows both those perspectives while still validating her. But the anime only shows the scene once, if I recall right. And it yeah. it yeah, sets it, it um, and it sets it at what we would call a mid shot where we see them both from the waist up, which is called thought of, which the eye reads as an objective shot. It's not in somebody's POV. It's what really happened, quote unquote. And so it, it and it's only like a beat or two. And then she says, you know, like, go. Yeah. Creep. Yeah. Cause that, that was part of the impact was like, you realize how uncomfortable she is because this handshake has been going on for a century. And you're like, Oh yeah. And, and, and I guess I'll, I'll say maybe that's because they just couldn't fit the animation in. Um, for that long, it does feel like a missed opportunity. It's such a pivotal moment for her character development that it feels yeah. like a die. Cut the budget somewhere else. That moment has to land. Right. Well, and it's it's weird because then you think of like they went very hard on like eyes. You know the sexual trauma that like she dealt with. Like they did not cut corners there, and I was like, we could have gotten more of the handshake scene, which also is kind of important. Well, to her. And I was um, talking with my partner. She's at Sunshine Goth on Twitter. That's Sunshine with a one and Goth with a zero. Uh, She told me it would be okay to um, mention this, but she she has had experiences in her life that are not unlike eyes. And for her, it was kind of an alienating depiction, not because she thought it was gross or lurid or anything, but because the way the manga builds up this abuse eyes goes through, it's under these almost three or four layers of distancing. You know, not, not only is her mom, you know, her mom is a famous actress, but she's also disregarded as a sort of a slutty person and also she doesn't know who her dad is and also they have this distanced uncomfortable relationship and all of that leads to this very common abuse that happens to a lot of people in very normal situations not daughters of distance famous adult actresses and so for her it was almost this kind of thing where in a while attempting to be respectful, it was making it as this thing that happens to other girls, not just this thing that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, and uh, oddly enough, um, we ended up swapped in that way where she was a lot more touched by, um, by Ayako's eating disorder subplot emotionally. Whereas I felt a little more distanced from that as somebody who's kind of had lifelong troubles with, with food and like disordered eating stuff. So it's a very, it's very interesting to me the way this manga is extremely heartfelt and in the right place. And I like the characters a lot, but I think it hits different for people depending on how close you are to what's being depicted. And I don't know what that says about the series. I think what it says is that in, in a really actually quite relatable way, it is messy. Like real life is messy. And I actually kind of, I think that's maybe why 
both of both I and Ayaka's stories hit me the same. I will say like Ayako's hit me harder because I am a fat person and like I did suffer with disorder. I won't say suffered. I lived with disorder eating through college and most of uh, through high school and most of college. And so it hit me. It like I mean I cried and I think I even mentioned that in my review that like I was like wow this is really it hit me hard but I think mm-hmm. I like the messiness because real life is never clean cut it's never you go from point A to B and I actually kind of find comfort in that yeah 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 I, I've I've been really grateful to my wife for watching through this with me because like you need an emotional support buddy and this is generally not her genre she really doesn't like these kind of grand backstage glass mask descendants because they tend to sort of because they tend to take place in these realms of female competitiveness they mark out the heroine as you know exceptional and not like those other girls and i think kageki shoujo is trying really hard to combat that but those elements of you know female backstabbing stuff is still there and kind of stressful yeah (sighs) okay any last thoughts that we missed kageki shoujo's a lot (laughs) yeah and i I like it and i want more people to watch it but yeah for sure for sure but it's a lot (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, that only leaves us a couple minutes, but I do want to to stop to give a moment for Aquatope on White Sand, which is very lovely. It's so good. Slow burn for days. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's also two cores. Yay. <laughs> it's back to back, thankfully, because I love, I love these kids so much. For those of you at home who may not know, this is a loose addition to PA Works working series about uh, women and their jobs. It kind of follows on from Shirobako and Sakura Quest. So I'm still not convinced that there's going to be romance in this series, honestly. I want it. Don't get me wrong. I want them to to be a couple, but there's just enough of that background threading with uh, Kukuru's dead sibling that I have to wonder if they're going to be like, oh, she's like the sibling you never had and she's come back to you now. So I'm I'm letting myself down in advance and for it to just be a nice friendship story. No, yeah. right. I'm I'm quoted on Wiki, I'm quoted on Wikipedia for going hard on this. Show. I respect it. Like, I respect it. I. I firmly am reading this as a Yuri with a variety of queer characters. It's just gay times at the aquarium and it's going to take a while, but I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. I love this show so much. I want you to be right so bad. And it's so pretty and it's it's so chill. I, I will say the one thing that continues to low-key bother me is like we have this magical realism of this little god who like eats eats some fish heads and like you know eats some fish in the background and I'm really waiting for that to kick in and we are at episode six this week and like I we haven't gotten a lot but then I keep telling myself you know what like this is gonna be a two core series so it's all right if it doesn't immediately kick in because the show has the breathing room to take its time. Um, I like it. I like it. I like everyone. Everyone's so good. The whole cast is really nice so and good. good. And it's just a soothing thing to sink into every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. It's so pretty too. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful series. Like the animation is really nice. Um, 
I, anytime that Kukuru and um, Fuka get on the bike together, you're guaranteed like a wallpaper quality screenshot. Yeah, so good. Yeah, they love doing it's the thing so where it's the ocean, but you can see the stars reflecting in the surface of the ocean thing it, all the time. It, it's yeah. so good. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just a nice, quiet show about uh, young women having like figuring out their life and making friends and figuring out who they are. And I really like it. I will say my biggest concern now is that in episode five, we were given a timeline, like a deadline for when Fuka will be leaving. And I'm very concerned because I keep saying, oh, it's too core. And then I'm like, oh God, how are they going to stretch this material until the in-world September? Time skip. I, yeah, and I mean, well, but then that's what I'm worried is that they're going to do a time skip. But then, like, if they do that in the first core, what's going to happen in the second? Is she going to come back? I, oh, she could. She come back as adults. They come back as adults and fall in love. Yay! <laughs> See, it just writes it writes itself in my head. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah, it it's 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 really good. It's really good. As always, if you are new at home we will not be covering netflix series those get their own podcast and carryovers and sequel seasons will not get discussed until the end of season podcast there's a lot of them but i think we'll have a lot of room because i don't think we'll need to talk about some of those red and yellow flag shows again (laughs) for sure until next time thank you so much for joining us anna fam We really appreciate you. If you liked what you heard, you can find more from us in your ears and on the page by going to animefeminist.com. If you really liked what you heard, consider tossing us a dollar a month on Patreon, patreon.com slash animefeminist. Every little bit really does help us continue to make the site accessible and to pay our our team and contributors. And we could not do it without you. You can also find us on social. We are on Tumblr, at Anime Feminist. We are on Facebook, technically we have one, at Anime Femme. And we are on Twitter, at Anime Feminist. Enjoy your summer, Anafam. Catch up on your backlog, and we'll see you next time. Go get yourself an ocean girlfriend. (laughs) 